Hello, everybody. This is Katarina Savanak. And this is Crystal Ann Dew. And we are Aries and Alcohol. I love how you get the alcohol part. <laughs> right? That's Yo. a good part. Oh, you're, that's a cute little setup over there. Thank Sorry, you. guys. Obviously, you cannot see what I see, but she's got, um, every time I come here, like something is changed in the decor slash just decor. And she's got like this cute little setup for her uh, workout equipment. So as you can tell, I have um, basically my attire that I would wear if I were to work out, but all of us, right? things just did not work out today, and neither did I. So, <laughs> so here we are. So, I don't even know the last time I worked out. <laughs> uh, it's something that like I started to do at the beginning of the pandemic, and then the problem with me is like I just weigh exactly the same whether I'm working out, whether I'm eating out, like. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just kind of, okay, well, this is it. Like, I even gave up, we gave up fast food for a month, and that made no difference. So, it just kind of validated me eating fast food. (laughs) (laughs) This is just your body. This is how it likes to be. Exactly. It's comfortable. So, we today are going to be talking about one of my favorite drinks, the Mojito. So, before we get started... um. Crystal Ann, mm-hmm. I have something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, oh, no. Because a lot of the times, you know, we come on this show and we're venting and we're talking about news, which a lot of the times news is like super sad. Um, but there's a lot of news going on right now. Some of it is positive, some of it negative. I would like to frame it all in a positive light. We're recording this in February, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I know that have changed their icons to be like the Black Fist. Oh, no. Don't do that for February. Like, no. you should be doing that all year round. Right. I mean, yeah. I have a hard time with that kind of stuff. Um, I'm all for like posting things. Like, for example, I've been, I'll post things, but then, you know, I also went to protest. You went to protest. Mm-hmm. And within reason, I mean, we're in the middle of a quarantine. It was COVID this year. Um, but I went to a handful of protests that I could get to, um, wore my mask, did what we had to do. You know, um, we've donated yep. to the cause. Um, we talk about it on here. It on I here. mean, like, this is a little bit of a you know, soapbox, I think, but we need I think we do have those, those people that do that fake activism where they feel like, well, I've reposted something on my Instagram and that's enough. And it's like, I do that constantly. And people are probably, I think I've been blocked. <laughs> I'm sure I have been blocked or, um, you know, I'm not surprised that people probably just skip on through my stories because every day I'm posting something, but that's been before the Floyd movement that's been before the me too. That was before black lives matter. You know, I've always kind of, it was environmental. That was my first charge really was environment. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college and I went to school to be an environmental uh, for environmental science. So, you know, I've always kind of used social media for that, but I think it's really important. Like what Katarina said, people just do that and that's it. And they mm-hmm. feel like they can pat themselves on the back. Um, and I remember too, like you and I were like, man, I wish we could do more. And it's like, well, we did. We went to protests and we've donated. And it's like, it's hard because we don't live in that era of the 60s, you know, where you could drop everything and get in a van and travel the country and protest. You know, yep. we have student yep. loans mm-hmm. and whatever. So I think we did what we could and we continue to. Um, but it is frustrating when people are just like, I'm going to change it to a black fist. Like, I won't even do that. Mm-hmm. My profile picture is my profile picture. I don't need to make that statement. You live it. You have I to do. live it you every live day. It. You live it and you try. And like, 
I know I mess up. I know I can say things that are probably not appropriate, but luckily I'm really lucky to have friends or that are, that'll call me out on it or say, you know, Hey, Crystal Lynn, you know, that's not really what we say, or that's not really, that made me feel a certain way, you know, and they can, I'm still continuing mm-hmm. to learn and grow and, um, and be an ally per se and more. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that just making your Facebook profile picture <laughs> a fist ain't doing shit. You're right. Keep that. It has, where has that fist been this whole time? <laughs> exactly. In your pocket. In your pocket. Like Arthur, when his hand was down. Yeah. So, you know, I think a statement too that needs to be said is, you know, as much as Crystal Ann saying like, you know, we do enough. I think also that we understand that there's always more to be done. Well, that's why you and I have had these very serious conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also have to be fair to ourselves. I think you and I and uh, my partner and, you know, I know he gets really upset about it and, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before at length. It's just, we ache for these, we ache for these people. We see what's happening at the border and we see these injustices happening and the empathy is there. And, and, and when you, mm-hmm. and when you have that empathy and you have that capability and even myself and you, you know, with our own past and histories, which were not always the, the most shining, right. You know, we still wake up and understand our white privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, we have this, this yearning to do more and, mm-hmm. and to try to compensate almost. Well, I mean, do and more it's, we're in... hard on ourselves is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. And it's like, I think you and I are always trying to like, well, what can we do to be more fair? What can we do to be more considerate? What can we do to educate ourselves? Yeah. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And at some point we still have to allow ourselves to oh, yeah. like breathe and say, all right, I, I can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what I mean by do more, I mean, you talked about it before. You live an example. Right, right, right. You, you, you know, you can go to protests, you can do performance, uh, activism, but if you are not treating people with respect every single day, yeah, it doesn't matter how many t-shirts you buy. That's what I mean about doing more. I oh, mean, for sure. Integrate it you into your personality. Mm-hmm. You have to live that truth. And I think also too, like you have to have that conversation with yourself. Like, mm-hmm. um, we've been programmed to be bigoted. We have, we just have. And as long as you, you make yourself aware of that, you can't grow if you beat yourself up every time you're not perfect. Right. So mm-hmm. what I mean to say is if I'm walking down the street and I see a person of color and I'm like, Oh no, you know, that fear was rooted deep inside me from society. So and you I have, have to make re- a choice mm-hmm. in that moment when I have that first initial thought, yes, that's a bigoted thought. But then I have to say, wait, where did that thought come from? Yep. Do I really believe it? Why is it here? And you know what? You're going to have to do that every single time mm-hmm. until you are programmed to also flinch when you see the white crackhead. Yes. I'm just kidding. That's true though. I'm not going to lie. There are crackheads all over where I used to live. <laughs> and I'm just saying right now, like the white ones are way sketchier. Yeah. That's just truth. Cause he looks shifty as fuck. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, honestly though, truth be told, all silliness aside, you know, you have to sit there and you have to, um, have that real conversation with yourself and say, that was an unfair thought. And where is it coming from? Because the moment you can start to do that with yourself and be real and say, I still have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, this is where they're coming from. The sooner you will grow out of that and you'll be able to 
um, get beyond that. And I think that's the other thing too, is and a lot of white people just want to be like, Oh, I don't think that way. I'm not this way. And it's like, yes, be real. Okay. Be real with yourself and, and know that that's not okay that you thought that way. Find the reason for it, find the root of it. So that way you can dig that motherfucker up, mm-hmm. throw it out. Well, what I was going to say too, is like being called out. Ooh, it's hard. It's oh, difficult, it but exactly. Start with yourself. Start mm-hmm. by calling yourself. And also like, you know, sometimes there's not always the best way to be called out. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the first one to say that, like I've said some ignorant stuff in the past and, you know, just approaching it with compassion. Accountability is a big thing. Approaching it with, yeah. Um, you know, just stop that person. Um, you know, frame it as a learning experience, Mm -hmm. not a moment that you're putting that person down, Mm -hmm. be constructive and, Hopefully they change their attitude. And, and typically, yeah. Thinking. And, t- and if it's a friend, you know, you're friends with them because you inherently think they're a good person. And so you, at some point you have to give people a benefit of the doubt, you know? And if, mm-hmm. like for me, for example, I can be very crass and I make a joke out of everything and I, you know, I can be very um, blunt and I know I've hurt people's feelings. I've been told this, but I value the friends that are willing to have that conversation with me and give me the opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And so that works in all aspects of life, you know? And if I, as a white person, can say something insensitive, you know, know who I am and know that at the root of my myself, I would never wish anybody malice. And so, yeah, say, have that conversation with me. Be frank. Mm-hmm. Even if it's with us and we say something and you want to slip into our, you know, messages and say, um, excuse me. X, Y, and Z. But, <laughs> you know, it is... We just have to be considerate of each other and allow each other to grow. And I will say one thing too. It is not a real friendship if you don't call out the other person's toxic Mm -hmm. behaviors, toxic words. If you just, you know, bite your tongue every time the person that you're with says something offensive, if you don't feel comfortable sharing, that's not a real friendship. That's very surface level. That goes into, you know, people breaking off ties with their family members where it's so bad. there's grandpa who has always been racist at the table. And then suddenly he's not invited next year. Like, yes, maybe it's great that you don't invite him next year, but also have a conversation with him. Right. Cause or he's going to be at home just fuming. Right. Or invite him and say, listen, these are things are not acceptable. That's if you don't want to come, that's on you. Exactly. I think that's, yeah, that's true. Real friends are able to have that clarity and have that mutual respect for each other you're not doing anybody any favors by keeping them in the dark you're not allowing these people the opportunity to grow and also though i mean sometimes i do have to check myself though because sometimes i get like real in my feelings you know i get real drake like and then i'm like you were mean to me but it just means that you're a critical thinker yeah you have to know yourself too and sometimes i don't say things just because i know i'm being an asshole (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm being overly sensitive. That's right. Just look at yourself in the mirror. There's positive mm. affirmations where you go, I'm beautiful. I'm strong. And sometimes- I'm moody. I'm moody. Sometimes I'm a little bit of a bitch. Yeah. I'm in a bad mood today. <laughs> Fernando said that to me the other day. He was like, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? That's really big. I'm just very proud of you for identifying that and letting me know. <laughs> and then every like, Every little thing that he got upset about after, I was like, you know what? I know where he's at. And some men can't do that. A lot of men yeah, can't do that. Yeah, a lot that. of Pete. Yeah, a lot of men, a lot of women. I mean, it's just hard. A lot of humans. I worked with, uh, you know, I work with young children sometimes, very young children. And we always say, uh, we make a lot of concessions for young children, obviously, because developmentally, they're just not in a state where they're 
aware of how to vocalize their emotions. If you can't vocalize it, then it's hard to understand it. Exactly. It's hard to communicate. You know, it's tricky. And so when you're working with like three-year-olds and and a little bit older, you know, you make concessions for them. Well, you, you know, I know, you know, you say things like, oh, I see that you're upset. I know that you're feeling some big feelings right now. Mm -hmm. But we just, what happened? Why do we just forget that? As adults, yeah. Why do we not give each other the space for that? Like, yes, adults can communicate things, but adults also have a plethora of other issues going on. Uh, We have to give each other space. I think that's the one thing. We have such a cancel culture right now. We went off about this before, Mm -hmm. but it's not even just cancel culture within celebrities. We do it to ourselves. We do it to our friends. Mm -hmm. We no longer give humans the space to be human. We no longer give people the space to grow and, and to move past things. And that's kind of shitty. So a little long, but, um, it kind of segues into actually, this ironically, is why I drink. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it segues actually into the mojito. So the history of the mojito, we haven't had it yet, but full disclaimer, um, it's, it's a little dark. It's yeah. got some history, um, some dark roots, but, um, before we get into that, let me go into the, uh, the recipe. We can try it ourselves and, uh, yeah, let's this was a in. heavy intro. This was, <laughs> and but again, trying to frame it in a positive light, but I also think it's important to hear, though. Yeah, it and is. I think it's important for people to. Um, I think that's really relatable. All of this, exactly. So hopefully, I mean, shit. <laughs> I we both had. It's been a rough week. It fucking has. I'm ready. I'm ready for this mojito. Mojito. So we've got um, a half an ounce of lime juice, a shot or 1.5 ounces of white rum. Traditionally, it's unaged. Five mint leaves, muddled or more. You know, I love that minty flavor. Um, One lime cut into four pieces. One ounce of simple syrup, which, you know, I was already called out. Oh, shit. (laughs) Traditional mojito fans use sugar, but ah. I just, something about the graininess. I wasn't in the mood. <laughs> just, <laughs> Who called you out? Um, Fernando and JJ. <laughs> Ew, that's not fair. They have like a, they have, a, they come from like a Latin background. <laughs> they love that sugar probably. Sugar cane. <laughs> sugar cane. In Mexico, that's what you get in a pinata. It is. Uh, Chile wasn't really big on uh, growing sugar cane necessarily, well, no. but they are traditionalists at heart. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> they, I just think it's funny. They're the uh, they're the do it right or don't do it at all kind of personality. Will as well. Will <laughs> uh, is like, why would you do that unless you're doing it the correct way? I'm I know, Mister. I'm gonna make grenadine because why the hell not? I okay, know. sir. Who <laughs> okay. are you? Directions. Um, oh, and then you top off with um, three to six ounces of mineral mineral water. No. Mm-mm. Uh, three ounces of seltzer, um, and yeah, or maybe even more. I added a little more. So I this like contains it. rum, so we know where we're going. In we the know history. where we're going. <laughs> Not surprised that history is yucky. Yep, that part of the world's got a tricky history. We drink a lot of beverages from this part of the world. I will say we do. And we, there's just one character that seems to oh lord just come in every uh I in every God, drink in every him. episode. I swear to God. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't read because I didn't want to like, I don't read the history sometimes that she writes because I want to be surprised. So I'll like skim it Mm -hmm. and I'll make comments, right? Because we type up this whole thing and we send it to each other Mm -hmm. and we'll comment on each other's stuff, which is usually silly comments. Like that's fucking wild. Right. And I was just like, you know, lay like these look pretty or, you know, but she had that disclaimer for the history and I saw a little extra. I was like, God damn, here we go again. This, whatever. 
<laughs> Whatever. I'm excited for the rum, though. I love rum. <laughs> so directions. Muddle the mint with a t- uh, tablespoon of lime juice until the mixture is fragrant. So until it's super mm. minty flavor, combine the white rum, lime juice, and two pieces of the lime into a cocktail shaker with the mint and lime mixture. Shake for about 10 seconds. Pour contents from the cocktail shaker into a highball glass without straining. Found out last episode. (laughs) With the kitty highball, what a highball glass is. Top off with minimal water uh, and then fill the remainder of the glass with ice. So this is your first mojito. Um, no, I thought it was. Okay. And then Will reminded me he made me one, but it tasted like <laughs> shit. So I didn't associate it with mojitos. <laughs> so we are making up the memory right now. I think he just didn't have the right stuff. And he just like <laughs> threw some shit together. That sounds about right. <laughs> and he was like, this is a mojito. I was like, mm, that's unfortunate. So here's the thing too, a little bit. It did... stirred it. Hmm? It settled. It settled. Well, actually, yours is mustard. This is yummy. You like it? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I don't know about I got sort of chunks of mint. I kind of dig it. Yeah, it's, you're supposed to have, like, the chunks of mint no, in I it. No, I like it. This is really cold, too. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. People are probably like, what dumbass doesn't know that about a mojito? There's <laughs> Whatever a lot of you don't know, have. guys. And if you're this deep and you don't know that already, you're not fucking paying attention. Okay? Well, and if you've had it, if you've made it wrong or you've had it wrong, yeah. like, it just distorts yeah. your view of it. And... Yes, the pieces of mint floating in it are a little annoying. No, I like it. <laughs> it's like an interactive bev. Um, I like that it's muddled. I like muddled things. I think it's really fun. It's so sciencey to me. I'm like, you take the acid <laughs> and you break down, and then it breaks the aroma open and brings the flavors out. Same like, like when you rub leaves, mm-hmm. you're supposed to rub a lot of leaves before you put them into your sauce and all of that because mm. what it does is it wakes up the flavors and the aromas and the oils in the leaf so anyway you wake up the oils and leaf by rubbing it ah, i didn't and then know you that. add it to your uh things that's just what i don't know if that's like a weird like thing i learned in <laughs> italy like who even knows but. that makes sense i mean you've got like seasonings and stuff and mint what's mint it's not like seasoning. you rub the basil yep like you mm. rub the oils oh it's so good <laughs> makes sense dill too yeah so this is good i'm i'm really glad you like it <laughs> You know, trying to impress always. Hey. <laughs> so, um, for the signs that would sip, Crystal Ann actually looked what? through my description and was like, <laughs> hey, what about this sign? And I, I was like. I feel so good about myself. <laughs> for the the queen of, I don't care about anybody I'm but like, Aries. Shit. <laughs> I was like, what about this one that's exactly how i sound in my own head (laughs) valley girl but um (laughs) libra we've got september 23rd to october 22nd um fernando is a libra i've talked about it before he is the embodiment of a libra libras are like they're all drama but they also like claim not to be they're represented by the scales (laughs) (laughs) there are a couple libras um, they're lep- represented by the scales, so they always want to seem impartial and driven by justice. But the joke with Libras is that they just they fall head over heels in love with like anyone. Which I know that's not my fern. He loyal AF. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, you guys have been together for like a thousand years. A thousand years, yes, yes. But it feels like yesterday. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, speaking of activism, I was going to say this earlier. Um, do you know where Fern and I first met? 
Kind kind of like where our first like quote unquote date was. Wasn't it at some club? He joined you. You claim he joined it to be with you, <laughs> and he claimed he joined it on accident or some bullshit. So yeah, so there after- are conflicting stories, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So we had English class together. We had eleventh um, grade English class together. He was the guy that sat in the back that was like reading a book during English class, and the professor, excuse me, the teacher, high school, <laughs> the teacher never. Um, Never called on him because he just looked so busy. So I had this <laughs> I had this crush on this guy and I really liked him and I wanted to hang out with him and I gave him a flyer and I actually told him that there was a protest on the green um, against uh, censorship on the internet. <laughs> there were maybe five people that went to that protest. <laughs> <laughs> and Fern was one of them. Catherine has been living that life for <laughs> years, that protest life. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I had actually forgotten about that. And then he brought it up. And then after that, that's when he started coming to all of my clubs. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Yes. But, um, yep. How cute. You were in clubs. We were in clubs. Yeah. When you said clubs, I was just thinking, unce, unce, unce. no, that was me. Yeah. I was in. <laughs> that's those of my <laughs> Like, I was talking to somebody about like high school reputations. I was the activist in high school. Like I was really annoying. Like I, one big campaign that we pushed was like getting your name off of like military recruiters, um, contact information. You and I were also in high school in different times. We were. Like I was in high school, 2000, uh, 2000 to 2004, 2001 to 2005. Wow. Good for me. (laughs) Either way, um, I yeah, I was in high school for September 11th. So, like, Ooh. You know, that was a really weird time. Um, so, like, that kind of stuff, like, wasn't on our radar yet. Yeah. You know, the we, it wasn't common. Mm-hmm. Those kind of clubs weren't even an option. Yeah. Um, and then not to mention, I went to a boarding school in another country. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I wish, oh, it would have been so cool to just have those clubs as an option for us. I remember I moved back to the U.S. and I still had to go to high school for like four months. And the first thing I joined was like Kiets. What's that? Which was a similar thing. Like we did drives for like the Red Cross and like those kinds of things, like community Mm -hmm. service-based club. And that was like the first club I joined because it just didn't exist. I mean, when I was in the U.K. going to school, um, yeah, it's weird. Those kinds of things didn't, were not offered to us. You know, the, the best thing I could really do was I just did, you know, cheerleading and ROTC and like those kinds of things. I tried to busy myself. Yeah. I tried to keep myself busy and kind of involved. And then I was on like, I did, I was like junior class, some shit. (laughs) Junior class, some shit. shit. That was end quote. (laughs) But it's just like so interesting, you know, what is really offered in U.S. high school. Like I'm still learning so much Mm -hmm. because I didn't go to high school in the States. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, I miss out so many. I want to go to protests. Well, I will say I was hated. Like, it wasn't embraced like it is today. Mm, that's like, unfortunate. Yeah. I was like. She's a trailblazer. <laughs> I was, um, I had like, yeah, I had a sign up sheet for like, hey, you know, if you don't want to be contacted by military recruiters, like, please sign up. And I'd have military kids come up to me and say, do you want my dad dead? And I go, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And has, I am a Navy brat. And if. And I'm very proud of my father's service. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no war today that I would fight in. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in ROTC for years. I wanted to be in the Air Force. I wanted to fly helicopters. I took simulate. you know, I did everything that I was on my way to do, mm. you know, and I've talked about this with other people. And it's like, at one time I woke up and I said, the next war isn't World War One 
or two. It's not going to be because of that. It's going to be the a continuation. War, not even. The next war is going to be based off of money. Mm. It's not going to be because we're trying to help anybody. It's mm-hmm. going to be our best interest. And unfortunately, I thought, I woke up and I said, I'm not willing to die for a war that I think my country would go into right now. Mm-hmm. Because I, my father served in Iraq. He wasn't, there was, he wasn't necessarily there for the right reasons. You know, and... I'm just not willing to put my life on the line because I don't believe that we would be fighting for the security of freedom anymore. And that is your choice. We that be, is 100% yeah, your choice. Yeah, we would choice. be fighting for um, the security of our pockets, our, mm-hmm. our nation's pockets. You know, I, and, and I'm hoping that that changes. I'm hoping that, you know, we can get back on the right track. But that was a really hard thing for me. I've been a, I've been a proud, you know, Navy brat my whole life. So proud of my dad. So proud of his service and his... Uh, every other serviceman, you know, and to this day, of course, I, I, I think what our country does to veterans is so deplorable and disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said, like, I would never approach you that way. Like apples and oranges grow up, Mm -hmm. like have, uh, that's so makes no sense. Do you want my dad dead? I'm sorry. What are you, are you well, (laughs) are you unwell? Are you incapable of any sort of like uh, critical thinking like who would just leap to that let me tell you it was like even in high school i'd have been like shut the fuck <laughs> up yeah it was definitely hard like i went to school like uh high school in like the 2010s like activism it was thriving but we were much smaller and it was mostly like you know it was just the weird kids it wasn't so ingrained as it is today right so, right so yeah. Um well thank you for your for doing that. And again, <laughs> well, thank, you. Like, well, thank you for your dad's service too. Well yeah. I mean he yeah, he he Yeah, he gave up a lot for his country, that's for sure. And um but that being said, you know, he would be the first person to say that he fought for your right to protest. Mm-hmm. He fought for your right to say, I don't want my information so readily available to people. He fought for you to have the privilege of privacy. Mm-hmm. and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and and so he, yeah. That's a good soldier. That's a good right, soldier. Right, like, he may not agree with the things, and he said this before, you know, I'm not putting any words in my father's mouth, but he's, you know, he said before he may not agree with um, certain ways that people protest or want to be heard, but he certainly believes that he fought for the right to do that. And so... That is noble. It's a beautiful thing. It's just crazy. This, be- this mojito is also beautiful. <laughs> it's really pretty though. Like she did a wonderful job. I got the pretty one. She gave me like with the fancy lime such garnish. <laughs> it's my lime seen better days now. I know. Um, but <laughs> I cut it in the wrong area. It's so pretty. I'm so glad that you like it. So that all ties into a sign that was sip would be Libra. Um and, you know, I found this uh, on Allure, um, you know, the like magazine, magazine website. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I love their descriptions of the signs. They're really good and they have fun, cute collages. But they said, while Libra's opposite sign, Aries, us, oh. represents me, <laughs> Libra represents we. Libra's all about collaboration, community. So... That's why I love him because it's just, you know, I can worry about myself and he can worry about both of us. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's so accurate for like me though. (laughs) I love it. Uh, What is Will again? Will's a Gemini. This is a very disjointed. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yo, it's all connected. So this is what happens when you drink and you podcast. Like, let's be when real. you drink and podcast. Don't drink and podcast, or do you know it's fun. So you know, we talked a lot in the beginning about um, fake activism and just about being aware. So with that being said, um, I have a little disclaimer before the history, and I'm just going to read it. I'm not it. ready. Let me, I'm going to need another one, though. <laughs> I'm just going to read it because... This is... Can I just say something really quick? Yeah. Delicious. So <laughs> I'm, I'm already like... I'm drinking it like it's a soda. This shit's mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, it's a seltzer. It's the perfect amount, though, because usually I feel like people put too much, mm-hmm. especially in like bars because they're like watering it down. Yeah, this is perfect. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I was like not feeling my best, and I was like, I don't know, what I want to, but yeah, I really you don't wanted want- to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so ah. I was like, we're going, and we're doing it, and um, and then I drank this, and I was like, oh, this is so good. It hit the spot, and it's like, um, it's an uplifting beverage, and it's refreshing. It's good. This is uh, something that I think everybody should know. The history about slavery and um, indigenous peoples in Cuba. It's super important. And, you know, we're not just two girls getting wasted talking about cocktails. Like, you can't talk about the history of Cuba without talking about its dark past. The history of the mojito begins in Cuba, but is mixed in bloodshed. Why am I telling this story? What does this have to do with cocktails? We talked um, last week in the Long Island Iced Tea about the history of indigenous peoples then, but we're not going to whitewash history. There are mentions of slavery and genocide, as I said before, so just get ready. The history, um, excuse me, the sources that I uh, got this information from was from uh, Taste Cocktails, the University of British Columbia Wikipedia, which was like, I thought I was on Wikipedia, and it was the University of British Columbia Wikipedia. I mean, you know, they got to get in there, too. They got to get that <laughs> Wikipedia money, even though there is none. But still, yeah, that's a great source, mm-hmm. and it's good for them to, like, be supportive of something that is accessible to people. Exactly. Because a lot of times, these colleges, you have to pay to access their servers or their what have you, you know, their libraries and such. Um, so for them to be able to put that through Wikipedia for it to be free is like, what's up? We see you. Thank you. Thank you, BCW. University of Columbia. <laughs> and um, as well as minorityrights.org. So as I said before, back in Cuba, but at least we're not at La Floridita. Floridita. La Floridita. La Floridita. I mean, I we are going to visit there, though. I told Katerina, <laughs> I was like, we talk about this. Damn. We talk about just Cuba, not, you know, not this Floridita. We talk about Cuba a lot, heavily. Mm-hmm. You know, so shout out to Cuba. Shout out to Cuba and some aspects. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to go visit. Is what's we do. Gonna, we need to just. Exactly. I don't know if it's been taken off the do not travel list. Like, I know well, I'm Trump... not going anywhere right now. <laughs> well, I know Trump, like, put it on because of, like, political. he's a piece of shit. shit. <laughs> but, yes, I really want to go. Cheeto New Orleans. dust covered. No, you know what? I'm going to take that back. It's not Cheeto's fault. <laughs> So, okay. In the 1500s, so this is the furthest back that we've ever been, Crystal. Wow. We we're like, <laughs> we're over 500 Ms. years Frizzle, in the past. get the bus. <laughs> so, in the 1500s, a gentleman by the name of Sir Francis Drake arrived. <laughs> Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> Two first names. Yes. We don't trust him. <laughs> Arrived in Havana seeking to ransack gold from the region. Ugh. His mission was unsuccessful. No gold. Boo-hoo. I mean, <laughs> come on now. We knew. 
fucking people. <laughs> he just wanted to get out of the house. Wrong want- side of the freaking country. <laughs> and his, um, so, yeah, his mission was unsuccessful, and his crew was suffering from scurvy and dysentery. Great mix. <laughs> Ew, what is this, fucking Oregon Trail? That's what you get, Manifest Destiny. <laughs> asshole exactly so <laughs> i sound so hateful <laughs> <laughs> so what did they do they sought the help of um the native south americans who of course they sought the help of exactly. the natives that they were about to kill and they gave them oh goodness i'm gonna butcher this um agriante a-g-u-a-r aguar Aguardiente. Diente, yeah. Aguardiente. Okay. So they gave the crew members Aguardiente. I'm such an I don't know if you, you guys can't see her notes, but when she put that word in there, I literally put in quotations, have fun saying this shit because she <laughs> fucking butchers words all the time. And I think it's the best. I think it's a great thing. It's hard to say this and you preface it with watch out now. I'm not going to call it by a short name. I'm just going to butcher the name. I'm trying. I love it. <laughs> so, Agriente de Cana, which is a simple syrup, simple sugar cane alcohol, mint leaves, and the juices from sugar cane and limes to put together a tonic, which proved to be successful. Cured their dysentery and their um, scurvy. Not their uh, not their want of gold, but... Uh. They're just... They're pillaging all together. <laughs> so after this encounter, a cocktail called El Drake, which is Drake with a Q-U-E, became popular in Cuba, named after Sir Francis Drake himself. Okay. Ew, this no. was a common drink. And then uh. this mofo is like, ooh, I had it. Save me. It's like, do you really want to go down in the history books? Is like the guy that tried to get gold and all your crew members attempted to die. Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's so astounding how ingrained this pompous idea was this this idea of everything is mine and i can have whatever i want like it's such a ludicrous mindset we people still have that they today still do and it's just like when they're looking at the, at the 50- moon now though they're like oh i want that yeah and it's like, over no, here. that's not yours guess what bud not yours because when all of humanity is dead not ours Put your hands in your pockets, white men. White men, put your hands in your pockets. Yeah, shit. So another origin of the mojito involves the African slaves living in Cuba. So now I'm going to be talking about the history of slavery in Cuba. So uh, African slaves were brought to Cuba after the disappearance of the enslaved indigenous Taino Arawak laborers. I'm sorry, disappearance? Mm. That's a nice word for die off. For genocide? Yeah. (laughs) They killed them? Or they were in such poor working conditions that they all just died. Uh, kind of both, actually. So, Cute. Let me guess history. <laughs> the Taino Arawak indigenous peoples known today as the Arawak. After the discovery of gold and the establishment of the Spanish colony La Isabella, the Spanish population began to grow. And with it, disease spread from the Spaniards to the Taino Arawaks. Y'all nasty. So aside from disease, the Spaniards also killed thousands of Taino Arawak Native Americans each year. After overthrowing um, their chiefdoms, the Spaniards then committed genocide against... Oh, you call them Native Americans? Mm. Well, they are Native Americans. They're Native South Americans. You know damn well half the people <laughs> in the world are not going to consider that. That's the other thing that's really funny. They're always like, oh, they're not... I'm like, there's, there's South and North America. Yeah. So they are technically Native South Americans, but they are on the continent of America. They are. I think a lot of people forget that. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I just wanted to put that out there. Exactly. Like Fernando, um, his he's from Chile, but his uh, and he's Native American. He's Native South American, but he's still Native American. Right. 
um, Native Americas. Is that what we should say, maybe? To help people maybe I mean, create it means that the same, in their head? I mean, it means the same thing. People but, aren't that smart, Katarina, sometimes. But either way, I'm kind of using Taino, Arawaks, and Natives. True. If y'all don't of. get it, then <laughs> where you been? Yeah. Um, so after th- uh, overthrowing their chiefdoms, um, the Spaniards then committed genocide. And then those who did not survive um, were enslaved. So bring in the African slaves. So again, because there were no more Native Americans, Native uh, South Americans, no more Taino, Arawak, Indigenous peoples. Um, they had to be replaced, <laughs> Ugh, sounds awful, with the African slaves who were brought to Cuba in 1533, were there to wow, mine. it only took 33 years <laughs> to decimate an entire group of people. Wow. Ugh. Wow. So efficient. <laughs> Jeez. I'm obviously being sarcastic. Don't come for me, because if you do, you're an idiot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sarcasm over here. Beautiful. <laughs> Such an Aries. Such a New England thing, too. <laughs> Somebody who says, I'm from California. You've got that You've got that New England sass. Listen. That's not just New England. New England's are assholes. That's not just sass. <laughs> New York is probably sass. I'm just, I'm not from anywhere New York anymore. is just, I, I say New York is mean. Do not look at a New York person without wanting something from them. Like, <laughs> so, um... So a sugarcane juice, often used in mojitos, was a popular drink among slaves who tended to the sugarcane. Because, so they were brought originally to mine for precious metals, and then they originally stayed um, to stay on the sugar plantations. Um, Because mojitos are explicitly linked to the sugarcane plantations of Cuba, the mojito is considered a symbol of slavery and inequality because of the difference between the European settlers and the African slaves. So... Basically, it was a slave drink. So even though now we embrace it, we love it, you've expressed adoration for it, back then it was a symbol of slavery because you weren't a white person that was drinking it or you knew where it came from. Mojitos serve as an implicit reference to the past, to a past of slavery, and when tourists identify the mojito as being uniquely Cuban, they unconsciously associate slavery with being Cuban. So that's a direct quote from the British Columbia Wikipedia page. This comes into play when tourism is incorporated because there have been firsthand accounts of black tourists served shitty watered down mojitos when their white counterparts were not. So in this, uh, this article, it talked about how there was a black tourist and in Cuba, they really hate the black residents. So they thought she was a black resident and with her friends, they served her friends really good mojitos and they served her a shitty one because they were like, we don't think you're a tourist. Mm. So yeah. It's so interesting that, um, that there's still such a divide. I mean, it's to me, it's just so ludicrous. It's not like, it's not like black people were like, please enslave me and bring me to this Island nation that I am not from. You know, it's like, why would you be hateful towards a group of people that had no wanted choice. nothing to do with this? Mm-hmm. These were not the people who cre- um, were part of the genocide. You know what I mean? So it's like to still hold that hatefulness is so disturbing and so counterintuitive to progress and moving forward and bringing your your country or your group higher and uplifting your country as it were as a whole. Yeah. Um, again, that's easy for me to say, though, because I'm not ingrained in that area. I haven't lived there. You know, I don't really know or understand 
where the divide comes from or why there's still that prejudice. Um, I'm definitely speaking from an outsider, so um, feel free to educate me. But I just feel mm-hmm. like anytime we hold on to that hatefulness as a human, as a society, it's just so counterintuitive to progress. So hate the- does not beget progress. It just doesn't. So the hatefulness, um, that divide comes from tourism. Because when you're living in Cuba... Um, well, no, because you said they thought she wasn't a tourist and they didn't like her because she was black. And she thought they thought she was a black resident. Yes, but I'm saying the divide... So a lot of like these island nations, there is a divide between the residents and the tourists. Yeah, that I get. Yeah. But she wasn't a... They didn't think she was a tourist. No, but I'm saying like there's racism in tourism. So the divide is rooted in the tourism because they value the white tourists, even over the residents, because, you know, you want to get your money from them and you want to like make them comfortable and also, um, but in a lot of like countries where tourism is really high, that's the reason why I will never like go on a cruise or anything because they always say like, Oh, go into your little area. Don't venture out. And it's kind of like, well, that's where people live. That's where the community is. But it is very whitewashed when you go on a cruise or when you like are vacationing somewhere. So a lot of the racism is just, it's rooted in tourism. Whether they thought she was a tourist or not, it's rooted in um, just racism. So, so yeah. Um because the mojito is associated with tourism, it symbolizes the unequal class relations between foreigners and Cubans, which is reflective of colonial times when a colored slave population was placed lower in the pi- power hierarchy than their white masters. So fasting, uh, fast forwarding, we're kind of going forward. Now we're going backward a little bit. So in the 1800s, when Bacardi was being established, the recipe of a mojito altered. When the sugarcane alcohol was replaced with rum. This is where the story takes us into a different direction. Um, according to a little Havana bar <laughs> called uh, Bodeguida, which means a general store, uh, De Mario, there's a hand-framed... Oh, like bodega. Bodega. That's where we get the word bodega from. Exactly. Yeah. So Bodeguita. I think, I think this is uh, this is Portuguese. So um, it sounds like bodega, but that's what I mean. I wonder mm-hmm. if you know that's the root word for bodega. It's like translated. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this little bodega, there's a framed, handwritten note from you guessed Obviously. it, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway that reads, "My mojita in bodega, uh, bodega de Mario. My mojita in El Florido." So it says, "This is my mojito in this place." Then my mojito in El Florita because we can't go a podcast without talking about El Florita or <laughs> that jackass. I've actually been like, I don't care about him now. I've, <laughs> I've I moved like, on. Yeah, I'm like, ew, Hemingway. Like, we get it. You're an alcohol. God, <laughs> like one trick pony, one trick pony. So <laughs> people, the people that love Hemingway are going to attack me. Who, if you're a woman and you love Hemingway, like, do you not know he's like a sexist? Like. And he's a piece of shit. And he wasn't shit. that great of a writer. I hate to break it fucking to you. Yeah. He was but just like, sad. I can, yeah. I wrote great poetry when I was sad. Me too. <laughs> I sure the fuck did. Exactly. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying he wasn't a good writer, but there's so many more people out there, I think, that could have had way more accolades than him. Oh, my gosh. Like, he was just drunk all the time, it sounds like. Mm. He was just making poetry. Sad, drunk guy. Like and He didn't like competition. He didn't like the idea of people being better than him, which is why yeah. he never had an apprentice. 
Jeez. Uh-huh. He didn't want to be outshined. Dang. He obviously had some issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, people didn't take care of their mental health back then. Of course mm-hmm. not. He, he, and misogyny but again, in general. as a man, uh-huh. him being unstable and unhealthy uh, was cool and edgy. And he was just a sad artist. And it's like, but if that was a woman, she would have been put in a goddamn institution. I was thinking about that. So I was fuck listening. off. I was having like a pop punk day yesterday. I was listening to like all the 2005 to like 2012 hits. And, <laughs> you know, as much as I love pop punk, there are so many references to crazy girls. And like... You mentally really, unhealth. I actually girls. that happened to me. I was like going through my like you know my emo phase. We all had <laughs> one, and I was listening to those songs. And it's like these boys were just going on about how these how these women were responsible for their fucking feelings. I was oh, like, God. can you grow a fucking pair? <laughs> can you be accountable for your own actions? Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you crying? Why don't you stop whining? <laughs> but here's the thing: there will be crazy girls, but there's no crazy guys. Mm-hmm. Because, God forbid, she ever call him crazy. You know what? That's so interesting. So, Liquor.com says that the recipe appeared in cocktail recipe book, Sloppy Joe's Bar Cocktail Manual in 1933. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know. Such a word. Such a weird Weird wordy. 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 I hate Sloppy Joe's. (laughs) So, um, modern appearances appeared in James Bond's 2002 movie, Die Another Day. In the movie, Halle Berry emerges from a pool, of course. Being sexy as fuck. Being sexy. James Bond, or Pierce Brosnan, who's the Bond at that time. Um, she's He is drinking a mojito at the bar, and she approaches him, and he says, Mojito, you should try it. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like um, mojitos have, like, resurgences, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think they have their, like, they get really popular for a little while, and then people are like, okay, on to the next thing, and then they come back. Mm-hmm. They've got staying power. I think, too, that there's just, we got fans. Like, that was another thing, too, about the mojito. Um, we got loyal fans with the mojito. Like, mm-hmm. people are just like, like, JJ. Like, it, she calls it Mojito Fridays. Like, oh my God, when precious. you guys aren't here. Like, we had, a, I think last weekend, we had mojitos, and she's like, Mojito Friday, and I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> oh goodness so variations include adding um muddled fruit for a sweeter flavor i love it it's delicious the blackberry mojito oh strawberry mojitos yes strawberries not as much but i do like the blackberry ones in mexico people use don julio tequila and call it a mojito blanco (laughs) no no thank you i think the rum is good i think i'm here for the rum i like rum a lot i prefer rum over tequila yeah Oh, we know your tequila stories. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag tequila stories. So according to Wikipedia, uh, not the British Columbia, regular old Wikipedia, in uh, Peru, there are mojito variations that are made by adding fruits like grapefruit called the mojito de Torajana or with passion fruit called the mojito de Maracua. Uh, M-A-R-A-C-U-Y-A. Many restaurants serve them. How the hell would you pronounce that? Mara. Mara. Qua? Mara. Mara. Siwa? Is it? Mara. Qua? You know, like, I appreciate Italian because you know it's ch. I love Like, if it's C-I or double C, it's like ch, you know? You know that. But, like, other languages, it's true. Oh. Sorry, guys. She's playing footsie with me. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> love her talking about Italy. Um, so many restaurants serve them, and uh, these added ingredients enhance the cocktail and its original flavors. Some other fruits are found in other mojito recipes 
This is interesting. Pears. I could see that mint and pear go well Ooh. together. People do that a lot in desserts. Ooh. I feel like if if it's in a, if it's a minty dessert that pe- like if you pair it mint with something in a dessert mm-hmm. and it's a fruit, you could certainly put that in a mojito. Mm-hmm. Like pear. This we is should just- do that. <laughs> Girl, if I need to make a list of all the we should do this. <laughs> And then yeah. one day just get wasted. I love it. True. So some um, some places even add purees and they they add it into their mojitos. So and uh, in many restaurants in Havana, they I think I wrote restaurants, but I think it's hotels. So in Havana, they add um, angostura. Angostura, okay. I don't know. I just put that in there for a reason. <laughs> they add bitters to cut the sweetness, which I don't think is no too thanks. sweet. But I'm not a fan of bitter. You know me. I don't like bitter shit. I haven't had too many like Ugh. bitter bitters. I think like I think you made like one something with bitters once, and I was like, oh, it's not bad. Mm. I probably like didn't use a lot of it. It was mm, yeah. And then there's uh, coconut mojitos, which add blended coconut water, and some people add vodka too. I mean, all right, chill. <laughs> At the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, do not put vodka in my Cuban beverage, please. (laughs) Like, I'm all set. Okay, that's right. Stay close to the roots. Stay in your lane, boo boo. You stay in your lane. That's right. Let Cuba have any of other alcoholic beverages. Let Cuba have this. So it's a long episode. We appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us, but this has been uh, the history of the mojito. Um, Okay, everybody. So whether it's your good night, whether it's your good morning, have a good one. This has been Aries and alcohol.